Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of Tacos and Tequila. I'm Peyton. I'm Sydney. And I would like to say that I think we have a fun one for you again. <laughs> yes. Uh, I was actually, I was looking up words last night and it was like, nothing just felt right for this. It was like, everything's too like, I don't know. Doozy is the best word I think we'll ever come up with. But like yes. all the other ones I feel like don't make sense. And then in this one, this is more like, lighthearted we were looking for something lighthearted we've gotten really dark the past couple weeks i was gonna say i hit everyone with that really heavy really dark episode last week and so coming in with this one i think is a lot more fun there's i had a l- more fun reading it there's a light at the end of the tunnel exactly of darkness <laughs> and i think uh we're, we try to balance it out. So we might have a week or two of heavy episodes, but then we try to come in with something fun and a little more lighthearted. <laughs> yes, that way we don't scare everyone away with all the darkness. Correct. <laughs> Although if you're anything like me, you're probably around for the darkness. Yes, same. <laughs> so. I've been like, I think we just talked about that last one hit me really hard. I don't know why. Yes. Uh, and I, so I feel better knowing said that it also hit you really hard because I was like, is this what happens to me now that I'm, I'm pregnant and like, I'm going to be a mom. Am I going to be, <sighs> is this going to be harder for me to swallow? Because, well, fun fact, I just, I, cause I'm late to the party on every watching. Sydney will tell me to watch something and like six months later, I'll be like, Hey, did you ever watch this? And she'll be like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So fun fact, I'm currently watching the <laughs> John Wayne Gacy tapes. Oh, I watched that. But like, I'm watching that, and I'm not like as uncomfortable as I was doing research on the last case. So I know it's not pregnancy. It had to have been just that case that like did it for me. (laughs) Yeah, and it was definitely that was a hard case. I think that was honestly probably one of the the hardest case personally that I think I had to read about for us so far. I mean. There's been some others that were a little difficult, but that one actually, like, kind of stuck with me. I would also agree. And I, like I said, I don't know what it it was, but it crossed a line for me. So I'm not trying to go that dark (laughs) anytime soon. (laughs) I say that now, but, like, I'm sure in a couple weeks I'm going to cover, like, some serial killers. We'll be right back to where we were, and we'll be like, oh, we're going to bring some light in these next couple episodes and we'll be right back to where we were again yeah and it's just a never-ending cycle basically well is there anything else to add on your end before we dive in I don't think so on mine no I don't think so okay cool I will just uh let you dive right in right on in then awesome Casco Bay is an inlet on the Gulf of Maine This inlet holds 14 different communities, including two of the largest cities in its state, Portland and South Portland. This sits on the southern coast of Maine. To get a better look at the Casco Bay, here's some numbers. It's 229 square miles of water, 578 miles of shoreline around the rim of the bay, 
There's 785 islands and exposed ledges in the bay. 236,483 residents live in the Casco Bay watershed, according to the 2010 census. And there's also one mysterious creature that's lurking in this bay. Some say the legends date back to the beginning of the states due to one of the first reported sightings taking place in 1779. The story goes that in 1779, Edward Preble had spotted a serpent off the coast of Maine. Edward had approached the creature, and its head was feet out of the water, and it had snake-like comparisons specifically to its neck. Edward had attempted to shoot the creature, but had missed, and before he knew it, the serpent was gone. There's another tale that's pretty similar, but it takes place about 200 years later. In 1958, a similar serpent was spotted by a fisherman near the same location. Something large reportedly appeared on the surface of the water and began to get closer to the fisherman. When he dove, when when the creature dove into the water, a large forked tail was exposed. And after disappearing under the water shortly, it had appeared showing a snake-like neck, similar to the other creature. It was also said that it must have been at least, quote, a hundred feet long, which is ginormous. It's also terrifying to imagine seeing something like that so close. Yes, I would actually <laughs> literally pee my pants. Have you ever seen those pictures of, like, someone kayaking or, like, something like that, and then there's, like, a giant whale underneath them? Yes! From, like, the aerial view, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yes, and, and I guess... And I don't think that's 100 feet long. <laughs> No, no, but that's super crazy, especially if you can see something like that, like, so, so clear, like, if the water's clear, or if it's, like, popping its head out, where you can see this, like, huge, ginormous thing, I mean, I've been in lakes or, like, the ocean before, where you kind of look down and you can't really see anything, so it's, like, not as scary, like, there's stuff under you, but you don't know what's actually there, so it's, like, out of sight, (laughs) out of mind, like, to just be, for you, it's never out of my mind. There's a reason I, like, you won't catch me, like, jumping off a boat in the middle of a lake. I'm in the lake going up to, like, maybe chest deep, but probably even that's too much. I'm chilling on the surface of the water (laughs) otherwise. I guess I really don't think about it. Like, I think about it on situations like this where I'm, like, sitting on my couch, like oh, there's things out there, and, like, I know we've talked about that before, but if I'm actually, like, in the water, I don't feel like that's crossing my mind at all, surprisingly. I feel like I'm just, like, living my best life. Yeah, I really wish I lived that free of a life. I have this, like, severe fear of water where you can't see the bottom. Uh, (laughs) So, like, pools, I don't care. Even yeah, like you can see the bottom. And stuff, like, if I can see the bottom, I'm good, but once it starts, like, once I'm getting further out and I can't see, I don't want to be out there unless I'm, like, can touch the bottom easily without drowning. Because <laughs> uh, that's just too much for me. And I'm fine, like, on a boat. I'm fine on a kayak. I've even gone tubing. And I'm okay that way. Uh, although, 
<laughs> the first time I went tubing, it was like a big panic attack situation. <laughs> and I had oh, to be dear talking. Lord. Um, which is so funny because I love the water, but I definitely have times where like it is severe. <laughs> But I've also jumped in the ocean and like uh, in very deep sections. So like I don't know. I guess it's hit or miss. But yeah, I definitely have that. I don't live as free as you. I'm, I'm like a, I'm the mermaid in the water. Okay. I know. I, I'm not. I'm for me. I'm not worried about anyone except for myself. I don't know if that's actually even the case, though. I Now I'm going to probably think about this the next time in the water. <laughs> if you do, please text me and be like, God damn it. <laughs> I definitely am going to. <laughs> so these are the two main sightings of this creature. And although there have been no recent sightings of the serpent, Lauren Coleman, who is the director at Portland's International Cryptozoology Museum, which um, is actually the International Cryptozoology Museum in Portland, Maine. And it's actually the only museum museum of its kind. So I think it's kind of interesting that it even has this cryptid right in its backyard. Wait, do you know what's so funny? What? We have 100% talked about Lauren we have at least three times. And the last time we talked about him, I'm pretty sure we talked about this museum. Like, oh, we should visit. We because I was like, did. the lobster rolls. <laughs> we absolutely did. That's why I had to make sure to, ch- to throw that in again. Um, I have his book sitting who, next to me. <laughs> who was the cryptid in Canada? Ogopogo. Yeah, I think Ogopogo was And there was, was one. one I think there you covered. There was one other one. Um, I can't remember. I don't think it was the Flatwoods monster, but I don't think so. No, I don't think it was the Flatwoods man- monster. I think it was the one in Ohio. Yes, because which... we have the book Weird Ohio that we talked about. Yes. Which one is it? Oh, good question. The Charles Mill Lake monster. Yes, yes. I knew it was something with the word monster in it. Yep. Yep. So I think it's really crazy that this is, like, Lauren Coleman's <laughs> creature. Like, obviously, he has other things, but, like, this is right in his backyard. Um, he is particular, particularly fascinated with the creature and is, quite frankly, the reason that it it's continuing to stay alive since there has been no recent sightings. Um Cassie the Casco Bay Sea Serpent is the name that he had coined for this creature. He's even put together a display of her history at the Cryptozoology Museum in Portland. He believes personally that Cassie hasn't been seen due to her staying away from the dangerous shipping lanes. So this is an inlet. So within there, there's much more high traffic. It's more of a high traffic area. But there's a whole ass ocean available for her. So basically, he thinks this creature has this whole ass ocean to go swim in. It's probably somewhere else. There's another belief that this so-called serpent is not what it actually appears to be. But instead, it's an oarfish. This is a serpent-like creature that can reach lengths of up to 30 feet. It's legit just this long, bony-looking fish, which is creepy as fuck. And their fins look more like oars, hence the name. 
They are a fish that isn't necessarily hanging out where the people are, but it can get up to 5,000 meters or a little over three miles deep into the ocean. And it's also said that when they come too close to the surface water, they typically don't survive very long since they're these creatures that stay towards the bottom of the ocean. Interesting. So this could be a reason for them to be mistaken as some sort of monster or serpent because when they get up to like the surface, they're actually dying. So they may be moving weird, changing colors, making them look more like a creature instead of just your typical fish or the creepy fish that they would look like anyway because they're literally like losing breath. They're not able to survive at those levels that they've reached. So I like this theory. Yeah, I was actually really intrigued by that. I got pretty deep into that because I was like, this oarfish thing is pretty freaking creepy looking anyway. It's super long. It looks more like snake-like. Um, yeah, I just looked it up and it is... <laughs> yeah, and there's like It many... looks like, um, like a, an eel? Yeah, yeah, I would say. Like more of like a, a fish type. Look, I feel like eels are more like snaky, where this yeah. like does have like some sort of like a bone structure, like a fish would. Yeah. Um, but I read a lot into like the theories of it coming up to the surface and like losing, you know, it doesn't, it's not supposed to be at those levels, so it like dies and then like it might be moving weird or like doing weird things. And I was like, that's super, super crazy because like that's probably not a fish that most people would see. So if it's acting all goofy, they're probably like, no, like, this is a mini Loch Ness Monster. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this thing? Yeah, and it says, like, they can grow to 28 feet, which I know the accounts say, you know, anywhere from, like, 60 to 100. But I think no matter what, if you're on a boat and you see something, 28 feet could look like 100 when it's, like, around you. You know what I mean? So I think it's easy to take those descriptions and understand that they are exaggerated sometimes. Oh, 100%. And I would say anytime you're in, like, a moment like that and you're probably, you know, terrified to see this thing, you don't know what this is, it's massive and it's growling at me and doing all these weird things or, you know, you're going to definitely be over the top with it. Absolutely. So, besides those two reports, there's really no other reports or sightings of the creature, at least that are listed on the internet. Um, Most of the stories come through word of mouth, and there's still a lot of legends within the state of Maine. Um, There's some creature living within the Casco Bay, but we're just not 100% sure what it is. Uh, I know Peyton and I have talked about this before... Like, there's a million things in the ocean. We mentioned this earlier, even. Could it be something that was creepy lurking in the area? Um, The Casco Bay (laughs) is that inlet, so it could have been that it got caught in the inlet. But in reality, maybe it's more likely in the ocean in today's day and age. It's learned not to go towards that inlet where the traffic is. It could be an oarfish, which unfortunately kind of made me think that that's what it is because I want to believe that there's all these cryptids and creepy things out there but definitely understandable I found like a few random accounts too but like they're not very detailed and they're mostly from like the late 
1700s early 1800s and the Mm -hmm. same thing like small boats like they see a giant snake like creature in the water but that's like really it I will say I joked that I (laughs) Lauren uh Coleman like I have his book sitting next to me it's the field guide to lake monsters sea serpents and other mystery dungeons of the deep he does reference (laughs) Cassie at the time of his book being published it was only called the Casco Bay Sea Serpent because Cassie is like a fairly newer nickname Mm -hmm. I guess uh but yeah it's only like two and a half pages is his notes so and he mostly tells a story from McOle Mickelson who was the uh fisherman in the 50s yes which I think I don't know. It's interesting to think, like, that there's only two reported sightings of it, but that it's still, like, somewhat pertinent today, like, that it's still getting brought up today, or, like, people are still talking about it today. It seems like Lauren Coleman's the guy that's trying to keep it alive more than anything, but could it be that they didn't just, I mean, we know a lot more about the different fish that are out there and some of the different things that are in the water now that back in the day they didn't know what those creatures were so it just had to have been a monster yeah well and that's a, I think it said most of the sightings were <laughs> in the like 1700s or early 1800s I think the only sightings <laughs> besides and the 1950s. only yeah and then like our recent one which I think is a very good explanation that it could have been an or fish fish it could have been something that got caught that maybe still isn't even technically discovered yet yeah, I don't, and that's always I a possibility. Uh, but I think, <laughs> as much as I want to believe Cassie's real, I'm not sure about it. Because I will say the Mermaids episode we did <laughs> left, like, a weird taste in my mouth where there were all these accounts. And it turns out that they were probably, like, dolphins or manatees or, like, other yeah. things. And so... No, I'm like, I don't know. I'm also, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast or not. I talk about this a lot. Uh, So I'm not sure. But like the Kraken, for example, I don't know if I, have I told you this theory? I feel like you've mentioned the Kraken, but I don't know if you gave me a whole theory. Okay. So like my whole theory is like the Kraken was just a giant squid because the giant squid wasn't discovered until like the last 20 years. Yes. And so, and they're still finding giant squid that are bigger than before. So, like, I feel like that probably is what the Kraken was. But, like, in the 1700s, 1800s, and before that, no one knew (laughs) what it was. So, I think there's probably an explanation on Cassie out there. And honestly, that could be, like, a lot of those situations where they were seeing these things in the water could be... Like, the, that they weren't aware, like, I don't know where I'm going with this. Like, for there could probably be an explanation for 95% of those things, honestly. There are some that are so questionable, and I still want to believe in them, but. I absolutely agree. I think that there is a more legitimate reason for most of them, whether we want to believe them or not. There's also this giant theory out there that. I don't know if you've seen this recent theory that sea serpents, like the Loch Ness Monster or something, uh, might actually be a whale's penis. 
<laughs> yes, you sent me that, or I, we sent something. We've talked. I thought yeah. we talked about this, yeah. but probably not on air. So now I'm like questioning everything. <laughs> I know. That one is, like, the most messed up thing, if that's what it is. Like, come on. How are you going to do me like that, internet? Yeah, and if anyone's wondering, please look up the Loch Ness Monster, and it's going to pull up the picture, the, like, most famous picture. And it is a very grainy photo, so, like, I guess. (laughs) And it gives you, like, a comparison of the two, and it's like, oh, God, why is it like this? So, like, this is technically the ocean, could it have been a whale? I don't know. I mean, it could have, like. But I feel like they saw a serpent, like, in the water in some of these, right? He saw something, like, 80 feet long, 100 feet long. Yeah, so something, may, I guess it probably wasn't a whale then, because it was more snake-like. So it had, like, that snake-like neck and was more of, like, a, Okay, a longer okay. creature in both reports than it was. So we just a we went through the whale theory and disproved it easily here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to stop talking because otherwise we're just going to disprove it more probably. But I do want to say it's short, sh- sweet to the point. But I had never heard of this one, and I oh, you want to know how we found this or how I found oh, this? Oh, I do want to know. <laughs> because we've been adding that on all of them because we have all these dumb stories, I feel like, and then some good ones, but most of them are just us staying up all night. So, <laughs> or just like, like randomly Googling things. That's how I found the next episode. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I felt like recently we've been sticking to the same states. Like everything's been in like Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, the Midwest, which is fine. Like, that's great. But, like, I know that there's other stuff out there. So I started Googling, like, weird stuff in, like, random states that I could think of. Like, Maine, South Dakota. Like, little no-name, I don't know, states that, like, are there. But, like, we don't think of them. And I find this crazy article that says, like, the five most, or, like, the fantastic beasts of Maine and where to possibly find them. And I'm like, ooh, and yes, that means that there's more cryptids in store because they have all these beasts and creatures and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I guess I never really put into perspective that there is more than like the Mothman out there. I mean, we've proved that, but. Wait, I, just... I picked a uh, cryptid to do. It's a few episodes away. Okay. <laughs> but like my next ghost story is in Michigan. <laughs> But that was that was one I actually had never heard of, and I was doing the same thing. I was trying to get a list of places, like haunted places by state and stuff like that. And I saw that one, and I was like, "Wait, this is actually really interesting." And I didn't know about this. And I think those have been like my favorite. Well, not necessarily, but like some of my favorite ones so far have been stuff that I didn't know about because it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, this is short, but, like, it's interesting because I didn't know that there was, like, even a thought of something. And even though there isn't reports of it still, this is, like, a big thing, apparently, like, in Maine. Like, the legend has it. The people know about it. They talk about it. Whether they see something or not and whether the internet reports on it, everybody knows about it, apparently. So I think that's interesting. I also, because of Lauren Coleman again... (laughs) The next cryptid I picked was based off of one he has covered, done research on. So I was like, let's find another one he's dove deep into. Yes. So uh, 
I realized I've been going heavy on like unsolved murders or even solved murders. So I was like, let's switch it up. <laughs> so I'm Lauren also, Coleman. I'm also trying to like do every other episode of mine to be like a ghost story or a cryptid. And I've got this book. So uh, hopefully I'll find some other random sea serpents or lake monsters that I haven't heard of. <laughs> if you got it, why don't you use it? Exactly. So stay tuned for more weird, lighthearted ones of random cryptids we've never heard of. I like that, though. I don't want to, like you said, Mothman and like Bigfoot. Like, I think there's a reason we won't cover those on here because yeah. I feel like everyone knows those. But. So I like the ones I've never heard of. And there's so many out there, which I think is like really intriguing. Even if there's only, like, two sightings, I want to know about yeah. it, and I want to tell people. I just heard, um, <laughs> what is it called? It's, uh, the Fresno Nightcrawler. It's like I've a, never heard of that. Okay, so I actually, this is the second podcast I'm listening to that has, like, recently covered the Fresno Nightcrawler, but there's only, like, two sightings of it. Or one, or something like like the other sightings are eh, kind of, but not really. Yeah, but it's like a well documented sighting, huh? So I don't, I don't know. I was like, there's so many out there of like weird, unexplainable things. So it's a crazy we world. Look we more live into in. it. <laughs> crazy world. Lots of smells. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of cryptids. That's that an office reference. Sorry. <laughs> I know. I know that one actually. Okay. Okay. Good. I always feel weird because I want to make office references and then I'm like, oh, Sydney's not gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> I know some of them, but not from watching The Office. I feel like it's like the little freaking memes and shit that wander the internet from <laughs> The Office. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it is what it is. All right, we got some jokes and facts today. I do. Sweet. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go fact first. <laughs> so the astronauts from the Apollo Two had brought guacamole with them. This is the uh, spaceship that carried Neil Armstrong. I was about to be like, wait, really? Because I feel like that's. So long ago? It launched in 1969. That's so weird. I would That's not like, have expected that they brought guacamole with them. You know, I feel like that's I feel like guacamole wasn't as common until like the recent years. So I also agree with that. I feel like guacamole has like blown up, but I also feel like it's one of those things that like has been around, it's just blown up now. Like everyone's all yeah. about it. Like, that's true. Made, that's true. Made their Americanized version of it, or because I feel like we go through phases almost where like salsa was big. No, salsa has always been big. I don't know. <laughs> Different like snack <laughs> foods are big, and then other things blow up, and then something else is big. Also, weren't they in like where did it, where did the space shuttles launch from? Texas. Yeah. So maybe because it's more like a southern state. It probably wasn't as common in, like, Wisconsin in the 1969, but... <laughs> probably. Maybe that's another reason to add to it. I would say that's another uh, factor, that's, maybe. That is very interesting, though. I like this fact. 
Glad I could provide. <laughs> okay, hit me with a joke. What happens when you add cold hot sauce onto hot food? What? You chilly things up. <laughs> Yay, nay. I think it was like an eh. <laughs> yeah, that was an eh. It wasn't bad. I was really upset because I had already like wrote this one down and then my mom actually had texted me one this morning and it was like actually decent. And I was like, <laughs> come on, I already have one for this episode. I'll use that <laughs> one next time. But um, at least I have one for next time. But <laughs> I wonder, we could also, I think we talked about this last week, was like the ghost jokes. We could also look mm-hmm. at maybe like cryptid jokes. I bet we can find some funny stuff. I bet you that there's there's probably at least a handful of good ones. That's the problem, though. It's like you find some good ones, and then there's, like, a bunch of really bad ones. You really have to, like, push them out. I wonder if they make... You know how they have, like, dad joke books? We could find one about, like, <laughs> true crime, ghosts, paranormal. Maybe. I might actually I'm a, look. I'm going to look like, on Amazon. <laughs> See if we can find something like that, and then if we can find something like food related to. Ooh, we gotta yeah. we gotta keep the hint of tacos and tequila somehow. I agree. Well, we'll figure it out eventually. Stay tuned. <laughs> After sixty six episodes, it's running slim here. <laughs> Literally. Well, folks, you can find us on Facebook, Tacos and Tequila Podcast. On Instagram, it's just Tacos and Tequila. We also have a website, tacosandtequilapodcast.com. has Spotify links to all our episodes, as well as summaries and sources for each episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you leave a rating and or review to help us get noticed. It's really cool to see what you guys like. Um... And just to see all the things. If you have case suggestions, things that we need to work on, you can slide into our messages and I'd be happy to chat about it. Absolutely. Or email. There's also a Gmail where you can reach out with any suggestions. Tacos and tequila at gmail.com. I have been trying Peyton to stay that. <laughs> I was going to say, I actually just checked it yesterday. So I'm trying to stay on top of it. I always forget that it exists, even though I get notifications on my phone. (laughs) Well, I think that's it. Anything else to add, Sid? No, I think that's all. Sweet. Then we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Ha 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 ha!